hello and welcome back to it bees like that this is mini monday episode five um this week we are focusing on cerebral palsy and this is actually going to be a pretty special episode to me as well just like all the others um because a very sweet young girl that i know actually wrote in today um she suffers from cerebral palsy and like she's one of the coolest people that i know so I am very excited to get to share her story and to share her story with you guys, you know. Um, also, I got a couple of stories from Reddit because I feel like Reddit's just one of those places that people go to be just people. And, you know, there's different parts of Reddit, but this part of it was pretty wholesome. But it's really interesting to see different people's perspectives and how they're living with cerebral palsy because cerebral palsy can range like a crazy amount. Some people you can't even tell that they have cerebral palsy and other people are unfortunately bound to a wheelchair. It really just depends on the degree by which you have it. But before I keep talking about it, let's just get into the episode. So I will be calling cerebral palsy CP for the rest of the episode. It's just a lot to say all the time. And for how many times I'm going to have to say this word? Well, these two words. Uh, CP is pretty good. So in this episode, we are going to talk about, like, what it is and how it happens and how people are able to continue to have a normal social life being, like, a young person but still with cerebral palsy. We're also going to talk about how people can manage a little bit and the degrees for which it exists and it, and it happens to people and how anyone who has cerebral palsy is able to live a healthy, normal life. That healthy, normal life thing. I feel like I say it all the time, but I want you guys to understand what I mean by a healthy, normal life. It doesn't mean that this person goes and cooks and cleans and drives and is able to maintain like a crazy huge social life or is able to maintain the best grades in the whole world or the most amazing attendance scores or whatever. It doesn't mean that. Everyone's definition of normal is completely different. If I looked right at you and I said, hey, so what would you say is a normal life that you would like to live? I'm sure that every one of you thought of something completely different than somebody else. And so when I'm talking about these things, make sure that you're opening your mind and kind of thinking about what healthy and normal can mean for somebody who just lives differently than you. Now, as always, my sources will be listed at the bottom of the episode. It's just a lot easier for me Um like setup wise to do it like that but the majority of my information is coming directly from the cdc and nhs.uk as well as nichd.nih.gov yeah something like that yeah <laughs> but anyway the majority of my stuff is coming from the cdc it's just probably the best place for me to go to get the accurate information, um, like the facts, you know. And then everything else, again, is coming from Reddit and also from our fabulous write-in, whose name is Marina. And she is a, I believe, 19-year-old girl. I think she's 19. 
and she is a junior in high school. So I'm very excited to get to share that in a little bit. So for those of you who don't know, CP is the most common motor disability in childhood. Um, cerebral means having to do with the brain, and palsy means weakness or problems with using the muscles. CP is caused by abnormal brain development or damage to the developing brain that affects a person's ability to control his or her or their muscles. Cerebral palsy is usually caused by a problem that affects the development of a baby's brain while it's growing in the womb. So these include damage to part of the brain called the white matter, possibly as a result of like reduced blood or oxygen supply. This is known as paraventricular leukomyalgia or PVL. By definition, cerebral palsy or CP is a group of disorders that involve the brain. This affects nervous system functions such as movement or learning, hearing, seeing, and even thinking. There are several different kinds of CP, including spastic, dyskinetic, ataxic, hypotonic, and mixed. There are three warning signs to look out for in babies. Developmental delays, the child is slow to reach milestones, such as rolling over or crawling, walking, sitting, any of that. Abnormal muscle tone. Body parts are floppy or too stiff. An abnormal posture. So not being able to sit up straight or sitting up at an angle or slumped over. The specific cause of CP in most children is actually unknown. Um, it's typically diagnosed during the first or second year of birth. And if a child's symptoms are mild, it is sometimes difficult to make a diagnosis until the child is a few years older. But there is some things to look out for. Low birth weight or preterm birth. Infants born preterm, defined as before 37 weeks of pregnancy, and infants who weigh less than 5.5 pounds at birth are at greater risk of cerebral palsy than our early term, defined as 37 weeks to 38 weeks of pregnancy, and full term, defined as 39 weeks to 40 weeks of pregnancy. Infants and those who are heavier at birth, the earlier the birth, the lower the infant's birth weight, the greater the risk. Multiple gestations. Twins, triplets, and other multiple births are at higher risk of cerebral palsy. The risk is also greater for an infant whose twin or triplet dies before or shortly after birth. Infertility treatments. Infants born of pregnancies resulting from the use of certain infertility treatments are at higher risk for cerebral palsy than are infants born from pregnancies not related to infertility treatments. Much of this risk may be due to the fact that infertility treatments are more likely to result in preterm delivery and multiple gestations. Infections during pregnancy. Toxoplasmosis, rubella, which is the German measles, herpes, and cytomegalovirus can affect the womb and placenta, leading to brain damage in the fetus. Fever during pregnancy. Some fever in the mother during pregnancy or delivery can lead to brain damage in the fetus resulting in cerebral palsy. 
blood factor between the mother and fetus does not match. Those who have a certain protein found on red blood cells, abbreviated RH, are RH positive. Those who do not have the protein are RH negative. If a mother's RH factor is different than that of the fetus, her immune system may attack the blood cells of the fetus, including blood cells in the brain, which can lead to brain damage. Also, exposure to toxic chemicals. If a mother is exposed to toxic substances, such as high levels of methylmercury found in some thermometers and some seafood during pregnancy, the fetus is at higher risk of cerebral palsy. Maternal medical conditions can also be factors. Abnormal thyroid function, intellectual and developmental disability, too much protein in the urine, and seizures, as well as complicated labor and delivery, infant heart or breathing problems during labor and delivery, and immediately after birth increase the risk of cerebral palsy. Jaundice, which causes an infant's eyes, skin, and mouth to turn yellowish color and can be a sign that the liver is not working normally. Jaundice occurs when a substance called bilirubin builds up faster than the liver can clear it from the body. This condition is common and usually not serious. However, in cases of severe untreated jaundice, the excessive buildup, the excess bilirubin can damage the brain and cause cerebral palsy. Seizures. Infants who have seizures are more likely to be diagnosed with cerebral palsy later in childhood. Something else that can put your child at risk is not getting them vaccinated. Vaccinations, there are so many of them that can help to prevent things like cerebral palsy, plus measles and other diseases that we've basically eradicated because we all get vaccines, um, but very important for cerebral palsy as well. Now, I talk about it like that, like it's a bad thing, but it's not. I just wanted to give you guys the facts, the medical facts, before I turn around and talk about the things that really matter, which is how people can feel, how people can exist in the world having this, and how the world really is not so bad if you have it. There used to be a misconception that people who have cerebral palsy are unable to care for themselves, are unable to be normal and fun and go out to parties and hang out with friends and yeah, just so many people thought that cerebral palsy meant that you had to be in a wheelchair, that you couldn't be a normal teenager or a normal 20-something or 30-something or 40-something because on it bees like that, young people is considered anyone under the age of 60 because everything else says 65 to 85 is blah, blah, blah. And you know what? There's not a lot of information out there for people who are younger than that. So I definitely want to spread a little bit of info on it. But regardless, it's not a bad thing. It just means that this person might need to have leg braces or canes or wheelchairs or walkers or crutches, just like on the mobility episode. Some of the people who use mobility aids the most, I think, are cerebral palsy people. People who need it terribly just to, you know, 
go to the store and do all the things that people who don't have cerebral palsy can do. But it isn't all bad. Even though the pain and the depression can hurt them deeply, especially the pain, it can make them not want to go and do things. I don't have cerebral palsy, and I have no idea what it feels like to have it. But being a person who suffers from chronic pain every single day, if it was any worse than it is right now, I don't think that I would be as happy and cheerful as some of the people that I've met who have cerebral palsy. So I think that these people are fighters, that's for sure. Um, but since we're talking about these people and we're talking about fighters, we're going to get into the stories. I'm going to read the story from our write-in first because I feel like she is the most important in this episode. So if you were about to turn it off or anything, at least listen to her because Marina has been through so much and has worked so hard to get to where she is right now. And I am so proud of her. Girl, my mom is so proud of you. My whole family's proud of you. You're doing great. Okay? Tell Kia I said hey. Like, I I care about you so much. And I really want you to know that these issues that you're having, they, they don't define you. You're going to be okay. You're beautiful and... Who the fuck cares what everybody else thinks, honestly? But anyway, let's get into your story. To be honest, I'm not completely sure how to even start this. But I guess I might as well just dive right in. I was born with cerebral palsy, a condition that originates in the brain and manifests in the body. There are many different types and severities of CP, and in a way, I feel fortunate for the hand I've been dealt with. At the age of eight, after countless physical therapy sessions and doctor's appointments, I learned to walk. Some call it a miracle, and honestly, I agree. Before that, for eight years, I was bound to a wheelchair, unable to walk at all. I'm immensely grateful for my ability to walk now, even though it comes with its own set of challenges. My disability has bred a host of insecurities within me. I'm aware that everyone has their own insecurities. It's just that some are more visible than others. One of the most difficult periods of my life was going to school and feeling the weight of every gaze in the hallway. It wasn't the casual glance that most people exchange. It was an intense stare, a scrutiny that made me feel exposed and vulnerable. This isn't just limited to school. It happens everywhere I go. And each stare feels like an indictment, making me question my self-worth. Another fear that haunts me is the thought of never finding someone who will love me for who I am. As a child, I adored romantic movies, and I was enamored with the concept of love. Yet there was always a voice whispering that such love may not be in the cards for me. 
When I'm with friends, insecurities creep in, making me wonder if they feel any embarrassment being seen with me. It's these thoughts that often lead me down a rabbit hole of overthinking. However, living with my disability has also been an enlightening experience. It has taught me empathy and understanding, reinforcing the idea that we should never judge others, especially based on what we see on the surface. Some struggles are invisible, and everyone is fighting their own battles. But despite the challenges, I am committed to self-acceptance and growth. It's a tough journey, but I'm hopeful that acceptance will come with time. There are many positives to my situation, and it has certainly given me a unique perspective on life. And again, that was from Marina. Girl, (laughs) I don't know if you could tell, but... I was definitely trying not to cry while I was reading that for you. You really have done a lot. You've done a lot just from the moment that I met you. You were doing better and better and better and now look at you. (laughs) I feel like you're doing great. I know I haven't seen you since like homecoming when I did your makeup and stuff, but um, I know that you are doing amazing and that you are beautiful and I'm so sorry that everybody just fucking stares at you like that's something I've never understood why do people stare and it's not the whole oh don't stare it's rude it's it's the fact that people see everything like it's just something to gawk at like it's all just one big tiktok or some shit And that's not okay, you know? And I really feel like you've went through that enough. But I feel like you came out of it on top still. Like, it really sounds like you have found some solace in this diagnosis, in in this this lifestyle. And I think that you're really going to do something with it. And I see you finding love, honey. Like, somebody out there is made for you. There is someone for everyone, even if it's hard to find. There is. But I also know that you have a lot of people in your corner too. That no matter how long that takes or wherever the roads lead you, you will have someone there who's got your back when you need it. And hey, if you don't have them, you got me, girl. You just text me. I'm so glad that I got to share your story and to read it myself too I knew a lot of the things that you had went through just because you had told me about it but reading it in your own words that really hit my heart you know and yeah I I feel very grateful that I was able to put you on this podcast because I know we've been wanting to for like weeks now basically since my first episode came out um but I'm glad that you had a little time to be able to write this down for me because I really appreciate it and I feel like my listeners will also appreciate it so if anybody wants to leave a comment for Marina you can do that on my Instagram at it like that podcast Um, You can also do it on Facebook or anywhere that you post it. 
I'll even just send it to her. Um, any kind of words of encouragement would be amazing, you know? So next we're going to jump into the Reddit post that I found. Um, the first one comes from Uninventive Artist 107 and I found this on a thread that was basically about people trying to hide the fact that they have CP from the world and this person was not having it so here we go. Until I was 25 I appeared very normy and capable. I would get yelled at about using mobility parking, that sort of stuff. So when I wasn't up front with people it did two things. Once they found out, noticed or asked, it surprised them and made them defensive and awkward. And secondly, I think it also made me want to hide it more. Partially also because their apologies convinced me that it was something to be sorry about. And it's not. Anyway, when I was 26, I got an AFO that goes up to my knee and suddenly I was viewed as disabled. People let me sit on trains, and it's often the first thing I'm asked about, although they think I'm just injured. Since getting the AFO, I've changed to saying, I am disabled, instead of, I have a disability. And I think it helps me to feel empowered, and also eliminates the shock they feel and just establishes it as part of me, without me being a big plot twist that flips how they see me. The more comfortable and relaxed I am, the better the vibes, I think. I have a group of friends from high school and a group that I met in my 20s, and it's normal for my CP to come up in conversation. I never want them to be afraid of mentioning it. I just want to share my life with them, and my life is different, and that's okay. I can joke about it and vent about fatigue and pain and... It only strengthens my relationships. It's been a journey though, don't get me wrong, but I'm way happier now that I'm free from worrying if my body looks weird or obviously different. And my friends feel like they can offer support, which makes them feel good, and me feel safe and confident. I thought that one was a really good one to share because I felt like it gave like a raw open idea of what it's like to live with CP and, and to have that social life where you have to be open and honest with people, you know, and, and you don't want to feel like you're trapped in this box pretending like you're fine. And I think that's something that a lot of people do. Like, I mean, we all want to pretend like we're fine. You see social media, they all want to pretend like it's not Botox, but it is. Uh, but, like, it's so important to be able to find yourself and to be able to release that part of yourself. So, I felt like that was a really good one to read. There's actually a second one, and it's from the same feed, but I just felt like, even though it was short, it was, like, pretty empowering. So, this one is from Sunny Girl TX. I don't have CP, but my son does. Very mild. However, this is not about him. I grew up in Brazil with a girlfriend that has mild, noticeable CP. She is very confident. She's very popular and fun and a nice young lady. She loves makeup 
and dress up. She even played soccer with us. I remember she was using a walker at school and limping as well, but she was always happy. When my son was diagnosed last December, I was talking to her and asked her advice, and she told me to teach my son that people suck more than CP. And he cannot change what people think, but he can change what he thinks. That he is enough, and that his disability may not let him do many things in life, but he can find different routes to do things that he likes. She is a speech therapist. She does not speak English, but I really wish that she could talk to people and share her story and positivity around the internet. And that she is. I, I don't know who you are and I don't know who your friend is, but... I hope that somehow, some way, you find this podcast and you see that that little message did get out there. Because I felt so much just from that little blurp that even just reading it just now, I got all teared up. I don't know what my deal is. Like, I think it was Marina's fault um, for for making me, like, kind of cry. Um, but this, I, I just... I felt like that was so inspiring. Here's this woman living her life, like living it up and not giving a fuck what anybody else thinks and just being popular and happy and free, even with noticeable CP. And I just thought that that was something that my listeners would want to hear, would want to see happen, you know, because it's so easy to fall into this loop when you're disabled. Like, you fall into this loop of, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I need to act like this. And, and oh, I can't do that because then they're going to think that I'm not disabled enough. And then you have to start trying to, like, self-validate and all this. And there's no reason. <laughs> you can just be confident and be you. Just because you're disabled doesn't mean that you have to have a lack of confidence. It doesn't mean that you have to sit back and let everybody else live their super extra lives and you just don't. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that you need to find a way to live your life the way that you want to. So to all my listeners, to anybody who has cerebral palsy or has been affected by it, if you still want to write in, you can. It's just it bees like that podcast at gmail.com and I would love to read them for you. Thank you to Marina and the two people that I found on Reddit. Um, I forget what their names were. Hang on. Oh, here we go. Uninventive Artist 107 and sunny girl tx thank you so much everyone for listening and i will see you next week i have no idea what it's going to be next week but i am hoping that it will be on an organization i think i might actually stick with the cerebral palsy for one more week do some organizations that are based on children with cerebral palsy because i saw quite a few when i was researching this 
So if you really even just look up like organizations to donate to for cerebral palsy, it comes up with a full spread of people that you can choose from and you can donate because the more research that's done, the more things can be done for the people who deal with it every day and can be done to help people not be affected by it in the future. So, yeah. Today was a heavy one. I'm sorry. It, it really was. I don't know. I, I don't know. If maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe I'm just like a little emotional. But, you know, it's just... This one was a heavy one. And I just want to thank Marina again for opening up. She's just a kid. But, man, she's tough as nails. <laughs> for sure. So, anyway, thank you again, Marina. And thank you everyone for listening. And I'll see you next week with another main episode on something that I'm not sure of. But I'll keep you posted on It Bees Like That podcast. All right. Mm-hmm.